Welcome to the Middle East Update with Amir Serfati. Amir discusses the latest news from Israel and the region through the lens of biblical prophecy. The original video versions can be found on Behold Israel's YouTube and Facebook channels. To make it convenient, we've converted them to audio format to keep up with your busy schedule. Be sure to also subscribe to Amir Serfati on Telegram for daily updates from the Middle East. Amir's Middle East updates are based on the latest and most reliable sources, so you know you're getting the most accurate news. Now, on to the update. Shalom and good evening, everyone. This is Amir Tsarfati. This is November 1st, Wednesday, and I'm live from my home in Galilee. The reason why I'm at home is because we have the highest alert of a possibility that Hezbollah will join the war and start uh, firing huge barrages of rockets and we're right there within range so I needed to be a few seconds walking away from the bomb shelter in my house again this is our special update on the war in Israel there is a lot to talk about a lot of good things and bad things and all in all we have to remember God is in full control but let's start with a prayer. Father, we thank you so much that you are in full control, that you are the one that is watching over your people, that you are the one that is uh, laughing at all the nations that wants to destroy us and uh, wants to cut our cord uh, from uh, you and from your Messiah. Father, we also uh, pray now that you will uh, oversee this update today, that it will not be anything but encouragement and something that will give us clarity and something that will bring us closer to you. Father, we know there's so much deception in this world. There's so much evil, so much diabolic and satanic and demonic activity all around us. And we need you more than ever before. We thank you and we bless you and we ask that in Yeshua's name. Amen. Shalom, everyone. Again, this is Amir Tsarfati. I am live from my home in Galilee in Israel. This is November 1st, Wednesday. A very special Middle East update on the war in Israel. And uh, again, a couple days ago, we had a very wonderful evening when we learned that the Israeli special forces, led by the Secret Service warriors as well, managed to uh, get all the way to the heart of Gaza and rescue one of the kidnapped soldiers. Uh, believe it or not, uh, Corporal Ori Megidish was released and was reunited with her family, and that caused great eruption of um, amazing uh, joy and dancing in the streets of her hometown, Kiryat Gat. But unfortunately, war has price also. And over the past uh, 36 hours, we've lost 16 soldiers in the battles, fierce battles with Hamas terrorists. In fact, 11 of them were killed in one RPG shot of a Hamas terrorist. We've got uh, part of the video that uh, shows how and, and shows you basically what we have to deal with. Take a look. He's coming out of a tunnel, a pier of a tunnel, a shaft of a tunnel. He's putting the RPG 
aside and he is climbing and then he is locating the IDF vehicle and he's shooting as you can see that's the vehicle that was attacked unfortunately again we've lost 11 soldiers of the Givati brigade in that vicious attack however let me tell you folks we are advancing within Gaza we have the ground maneuver officially on high gear and Israel is right now making an effort to cut the Gaza Strip into two and to surround the city of Gaza and more so, believe it or not, the main hospital of Gaza. And you're probably asking yourself, why? Well, for the longest time, it was clear to every Israeli that whenever Hamas is shooting rockets, the leaders of Hamas are running to find shelter and refuge in the tunnels underneath the main hospital, Shifa Hospital. We know that they have it, but we have confirmation now from our intelligence, as well as from the latest interrogation of the terrorists we captured on October 7th. And so let me show you what the Shifa Hospital looks like. And the compound itself, as you can see on the screen right now, I don't know if you can see it, but there is the compound and it has the different parts of the hospital, but next to every department or every ward of the hospital, there's also a Hamas headquarter, a pier, a shaft in a tunnel and um, a place where they shoot rockets from, place where they run their operations from. In fact, the Israeli uh, military prepared a, a video to show you what we have there. So take a look at the Shifa hospital. That's the hospital from outside. And under the ground, that's what you have. Tunnels, more tunnels, and more tunnels. And of course, the control room. This is where the leaders of Hamas are right now. So Israel, we've, we've warned them uh, that they need to clear the hospital. They've got a few hours to clear the hospital, move south. We are getting there. And we're going to get those uh, terrorists outside from those tunnels and uh, either by them surrendering or by us killing them. That's what you need to do. They are hiding not just behind civilians, but underneath hospital patients. And this is a crime against humanity. This is a violation of uh, the Geneva uh, Convention, speaking of that. So... We are warning them, we know where they are. In fact, a lot of times when you're watching TV right now, you see that quite a lot of the northern part of Gaza is destroyed. Let me tell you why. I'll show you um, another diagram of what a, an innocent neighborhood looks like, but what we know that they have under the ground. Take a look at this one. This is uh, the Jabalia uh, area. And as you can see, it looks innocent, but what we have there in between a mosque, a clinic on one side and a school on the other, there is a whole compound that has shafts for tunnels where they hold rockets and terrorists. And this is exactly why we had to completely destroy everything and kill the terrorists within the tunnels underneath. 
And so you get to see photos like that of before and after. Take a look at that. And of course, we've warned the residents for weeks now to leave. So you see on the right-hand side, it's before. On the left is after. Um, you see also another one on the right-hand side before. On the left, it's after. One more um, on the right-hand side is before. On the left, it's after. And in all those cases, folks, once again, before and after. We have destroyed in the last few days 11,000 terrorist targets within mostly just northern Gaza. They have invested billions in not in their health or education, transportation or welfare, in building gigantic terror infrastructure inside buildings and underneath them. Almost every other building is covering a shaft that leads to a system of 1,300 tunnels with the accumulated length of 500 kilometers, about you know 3,500 miles, and the depth is more than 250 feet. As you can see, there are se several levels. And what you need to know is that they don't even hide that fact. In fact, let me show you an interview where the uh, reporter is asking one of the Hamas leaders, you've got 500 kilometers length of tunnels. Why don't you let the people find shelter in them? Take a look at what he said. البعض يتساءل وهذا سؤال رائج وشائع يعني من قام بتشييد 500 كيلومتر من الأنفاق لماذا لم يشيد مآوي يلجأ إليها المدنيون خلال القصف نحن شيدنا الأنفاق لأنه لا نملك ما ندفع به عن أنفسنا من القتل والاستهداف هذه الأنفاق من أجل أن نحمي أنفسنا من الطائرات نحمي مقاتلين من الأنفاق أما أما القطاع غزة فأنت تعلم والجميع يعلم بأنه 75% منه لاجئين واللاجئين هو مسؤولية الأمم المتحدة في حمايتهم في أن يقدم كل تبعا لاتفاقية جنيف الدولية أن يقدم لهم كل الخدمات وهم As far as the people of Gaza, they're refugees. They're the problem of the United Nations or Israel or other people. This is exactly what we have to deal with. And this is why Israel is warning everyone to leave because we want to get to those people under the ground. There are 30 to 40,000 terrorists that are holding themselves in those tunnels under the ground. As you can see, it's not even trying to you know, say that they don't have it. He's explaining why they have it and what they're using it for. Unbelievable. And so, you know, the Israeli forces are already deep into the Gaza Strip. You can see there's a lot of footage of Israeli troops that are in the Gaza Strip already on the right, on the left, above. And we're trying to basically surround the city of Gaza, which is the nerve center of those terrorists. And slowly we're closing in on the Shifa hospital and eventually, there you go, you see, this is activity that we have right now. 
we're already that's in the depth of of the gaza strip we're moving with tanks armored vehicles a lot of support from the air and these are our commanders our troops are already walking through those fields and as as i say every other house there was used by terrorists either to store weapon or to shoot from and of course many of them are covering shafts of tunnels where they are hiding missiles and also they hide all their command centers now let me explain something folks people say there is a humanitarian crisis there is food there is water there is also electricity in the in the most part of of Gaza but the one thing that Hamas is really in need for is gasoline is fuel and why because without fuel you cannot operate the ventilators to supply air to people that are under the ground you cannot operate their command center their communications their control uh, systems all of that so the fuel that uh, the uh, that Gazans get goes to Hamas in fact we already know that they are stealing fuel that was given to hospitals for their own generators for their own medical equipment they're stealing it in order to operate their ventilators their generators for their equipment let me make it very clear the people of Gaza are not of the concern of the terrorists of Hamas they could care less about them they are hiding behind them they are hiding underneath them and they enjoy the fact that the people are dumb enough to vote for them and to support them and you need to understand this war st was started everybody's shouting now ceasefire well let me remind you on October 6th, there was a ceasefire. Somebody broke that ceasefire October 7th in the morning and slaughtered so many people within a few hours. And now when we pay back and get them, they want a ceasefire. That's not how it works. They committed crimes against humanity and they need to, and that's the, the, the funny thing is most of the world is now demonstrating for ceasefire and for peace or, or from the sea, from the river to the sea. No one talks about October 7th. One of the most documented genocides in the history of planet Earth. One of, one of which that was live broadcasted on WhatsApp, on Facebook, on Telegram. We have all the footage of all the cameras. It cannot, in fact, let me show you something. I don't know if we have it, but on Telegram, I just posted. Today, we showed Israeli parliament members, those who could take it, a 45 minutes long video of uh, the atrocities. This is what they look like when they came out. All of them were crying. They couldn't. They, they needed psychological uh, treatment after this. They could not believe what their eyes saw. 45 minutes of raw footage from the body cams of the terrorists themselves and what they did. It is unbelievable. In fact, 
We have also more and more testimonials that are coming now from search and rescue teams. One of them gave one of the most shocking uh, testimony I've ever heard in my entire life of how they found, and maybe we can put it on the screen so you see what I'm talking about. Can, I don't know if that's a video, but if it is a video, you'll see what he found. But if it's not a video, uh, then I'll just tell you what he found. He found a baby in the cooking oven of a, or in a house. The terrorists enter the house. They entered into the house. They took the father. They tied him with his hands behind to the chair. They took the baby from the hands of the mother, put the baby inside the kitchen oven, turn it all the way to the maximal temperature. And while the baby is being cooked, they rape the woman in front of her husband, and then they shot them both. And the baby, this search and rescue worker found the, ba the body of the baby, not only burned, but swollen completely inside the inside the oven now what type of animals do such thing forget about the fact that they they killed a baby outside of his mother's womb they, and then they shot her they forget about the fact that they beheaded toddlers and babies and burned people alive like crazy this is the first time in the history of israel that in order to identify a terror victim we need archaeologists archaeologists because we're having a sack full of ashes where we collect a tooth and, and 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 a piece of bone here and we have to identify stuff like that and and it's just a few weeks ago and it's unbelievable the the the, the morgue where stuff was coming to they received bags they sort things out like like a uh, Lego, you know, because they had pieces of bodies. You know, they, they found a DNA of this hand that matches the DNA of this head. And, and so they have to put it right next to it because they have to bury the hand with the head. It was all because when they rest, when they came and the search and rescue came and they p picked up the pieces, it was just all around. Nazis is a compliment to call them. So I know that I'm, I'm a little bit out of focus. I'll try to be right now, okay? Anyway, all right. I'm sorry, I'm at home. It's a home, it's a home. Okay, maybe now it's working, sorry. Anyway, let's move on. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit too, it's too much for me. Let's move on to some more things okay so we you know so I, I let me show you what we're trying to do this is a map of the northern part of gaza just so you understand and look at the at the different parts of the uh, uh, israeli forces they're already on, on one side on the north on the northwest on the northeast and also we're trying to cut gaza into two down in the south and so what you see in the middle is the actual city of gaza that we're targeting right now. And just so you know, when you come and see the footage and all these poor people and the, 
you know, half of the things that we saw on, on the CCV, the cameras, CCTV, the closed circle camera, half of the atrocities were done by civilians, civilians, not just the terrorists. And I can also tell you that um, one of the reasons those civilians are entered alive, although Israeli soldiers saw them, we didn't shoot them because they were unarmed. Then they walked in and they pulled a knife and they pulled an axe and they used those things and they just abused those bodies. Now, while those people of Gaza are so poor, let me show you the net worth of Hamas leaders so you understand what we're talking about, okay? So these are the three top leaders. Musa Abu Marzouk is the one that was interviewed earlier, I showed you. Khaled Mashal Ismail Haniyeh. We're talking about millions and billions of dollars. And uh, these people, whenever there is money comes to Gaza, they, they probably take 20% to invest in Gaza, 80% they divide between terrorist infrastructure and their own pocket. And by the way, all of them don't even live in Gaza. They live in luxury hotels, either in Turkey or in Qatar. They also don't allow, they prevent nation, foreign nationalities of human workers, journalists and others to leave Gaza because they want to create, obviously, humanitarian crisis. Uh, but we continue and we move on. And by the way, I don't know if you can see the released uh, soldier that we uh, managed to, with special forces, to uh, release. I don't know if you can see it, but uh, yeah, that's her. I don't know if you can see it. It's, can we put that, um, the, uh, the, the family picture of her in the middle? Yes, that's her in the middle. That's the day she was uh, rescued. She wasn't released. She was rescued from the hands of Hamas. And uh, another girl that was very famous is Shani Luke. She's a German-Israeli. Uh, Shani was a tattoo artist, an influencer, and uh, she came to Israel for that music festival. And everybody remembers her because her body was actually in the back of a pickup truck paraded in Gaza. And her mom was told by the Palestinian that she's fine and she's in a hospital in Gaza. But guess what? Guess what, folks? We actually found her skull. We identified her. We, have, we found a skull. We found She was beheaded. And we found her, what's left from her head. And that's how we identified her and we notified her family. And, and that's when the Israeli troops entered and we more or less remembered where she was last seen horrific atrocities and it's just unbelievable now after we covered gaza and what's going on right there right now and fierce battles are going on right now throughout the night throughout the day and again we the israelis we hear nothing this is the first time the idf is just not saying a word about what's going on there because we want the troops not to be exposed and we want them to do their job in the maximum security. But I want you to know that around us, there are more countries, of course. Now, Egypt is finally opening a field hospital outside on their side of, of the uh, Gaza Strip in Rafah. 
and and I want you to there you go here it is also I want you to know that the Egyptian Prime Minister said the following thing he said Egyptian Prime Minister said that the country is ready to sacrifice millions of lives to defend the border now make no mistake he's not talking about uh, a fight with Israel he is afraid of Palestinians being in his territory look at how many tanks the Egyptians brought uh, to the border just to make sure no Palestinians are entering into their territory isn't that interesting that during the Ukraine war 16 countries including Israel opened their gates for Ukrainians refugees well since the Gaza war began not a single Arab country opened its border for Palestinian refugees not even one and that tells you the whole story no one wants them because everybody understand this is a hornet nest this is something that you don't want to deal with it's terrorism it's violence it's sanctification of death it's not what other countries want to have well if Hamas was funded and trained by Iran there's another proxy of Iran that as of yesterday declared war on Israel and began to shoot long-range missiles and drones and I'm talking about the Houthis in Yemen the Houthis in Yemen we're talking about a group of 50,000 people of extreme Shiite Muslims very radical in fact on their flag look what it says this is their flag it's not the flag of Yemen it's the flag of the Houthis it says Allah is the greatest death to America death to Israel cursed are the Jews and victory to Islam I mean this that's what they live for this is what they're all about death to America death to Israel cursed are upon the Jews and Islam will be victorious that's it it's unbelievable I mean where is life where is your success where is your what are you what is your life goals it's all about curse and death and so this is their uh, spokesman uh, Brigadier General Yehya uh, Shaar I think uh, take a look at him and how he announced that they are declaring war in Israel and they're coming to help their Palestinian brothers and sisters take a look at this guy I don't know if we have him we should have the Houthi Brigadier General speaking screaming actually not even speaking no not him I'm talking about it's a video of him skinny tall guy that is uh, screaming if we don't have it then it's okay just so you know they already began shooting uh, long-range rockets when I'm talking about rockets take a look at the distance between Israel and Yemen look at this map and see for yourself we're talking about a thousand miles that those rockets should fly in fact look at the distance between Israel and Yemen look how far they are one from another look at this map and see why would Yemen attack Israel or unless it's completely spiritual and diabolic and so that's what we have with them and uh, let me show you a video from 2 a.m last night uh, from the city that my grandparents founded in the early 1950s Eilat by the Red Sea the resort town by the Red Sea Eilat
That's the rocket that they launched. There you go. And the reception. Reception of the rocket. Above the sea, above the red, boom, that's it. Now, this particular interception is not of a rocket, it's of a UAV. It's a suicide drone that they sent. And what we do, we wait for it to arrive, and then we destroy it right above the Red Sea, away from Israel. But those ballistic surface-to-surface -surface missiles that they shoot, the ballistic missile can go to space and then land on their target. And Israel just developed the Arrow 3. It's the most sophisticated air defense system for such ballistic missiles. And we basically destroy the Yemenite missiles in space. This is the exact same system that Germany just purchased from Israel for billions of euros of dollars. So, so you know, it's very interesting because the Yemenites don't understand that they are supplying us a great operational experience for the weapons that we just uh, produced. So first time ever the Arrow 3 was used in operation, in a military operation in a war was yesterday and it was beautifully precise and it, it destroyed in space the Yemenite surface-to-surface -surface missile. So these are the Yemenites. They have thousands of rockets, thousands of drones, and they just promise to uh, send them every day. Israel has deployed warships and uh, on the Red Sea. I don't know if, if we have the video of the, the ship on the Red Sea, but um, again, everything I'm telling you, I already posted on Telegram for you to be able to see, but we deployed our one of our, or several of our, warships just in case uh, it manages to penetrate uh, one layer of defense we can also defend it with another uh, last week um, if i'm not mistaken or 10 days ago uh, the yemenites started with barrage of several rockets and drones they actually were intercepted by saudi arabia and the united states uh, navy on the way to israel and so I guess they found a way to bypass that and shoot it towards Israel. And now Israel is taking care of it. We have several layers of air defense systems, one for short range, another for medium range, and another one for long range. And that is what we are using in this case. Israel is trying not to engage itself in other war fronts. And we want to right now concentrate on destroying Hamas. We do have another front, and that's uh, Lebanon and Syria. We have intelligence that the Iranians want uh, the uh, militias in Syria to do something. And we also uh, know that Hassan Nasrallah in Lebanon is about to deliver on Friday at 3 p.m. a speech. People estimate that in that speech, he will declare also uh, his entrance into the war. Make no mistake, ever since October 8, um, Nasrallah began shooting 
anti-tank missiles and mortar shells and some rockets towards northern Israel. But he is doing that in the dose and the way and the location that is still not going to cause us to start an all-out war. The good thing for us is that our Air Force is not engaged into bombardment of Gaza as much as it used to because we, we have done the softening of the targets for the ground troops to begin their maneuver. And we're ready to hit Lebanon should the Lebanese start. Now, make no mistake, most of the Lebanese people are not into any war with Israel. Um, in fact, in polls that were made in Lebanon, 80% of the Lebanese don't want war. And even many of the Shiite Muslims there don't want any war. So if Hassan Nasrallah of Hezbollah will start a war, it's not because he has the Lebanese interest in his mind, but his patrons in Tehran, their interests. And that's going to be a very interesting thing. We're bracing for something big, but, you know, right now everybody's mocking him for not joining the party. I don't know if I told you that. I think I did, but Hezbollah and Iran, they're not happy with what Hamas did. Of course, all, all, all in all, they like the fact that Israelis were killed. And they, that's their dream. But, but they were banking on a reunification of all the fronts for a day of battle at once. I mean, that was the, the, the goal, the grand plan of Iran. They nurtured and prepared militias in Syria and Iraq, in Lebanon, in Yemen, and Gaza, and within the West Bank. So within the same day, all of them are going to shoot rockets, penetrate on vehicles, take over hostages, take over villages, kill as many, kidnap as many, and paralyze Israel completely. Hamas jumped their gun and did not wait for the day of command. And this is exactly why Iran is letting Hamas uh, shed its own blood. Iran. You have to understand something about the Iranians. A lot of people don't understand that. The Iranians are not Arabs. They're Persians. For them, if you call them Arabs, you're insulting them. And I'm talking about what Iranians told me. I'm not even talking about what I read or heard. I was told by Iranians that in the way they think, the Ayatollahs, they do not want to waste blood of Iranians. They do not want Iranians to explode themselves, Iranians to fight for... I mean, they want Iranians to just uh, guard Iran's territory. For the other dirty jobs, that's why they prepared militias of Iraqis, of Syrians, of Afghans, of Pakistanis, of Palestinians, and of Yemenites. And of all these people that I said, the Palestinians in Gaza are the least. As far as Iran is concerned, Hamas can, I mean, Palestinians, I mean, it's like plastic cup. It's getting dirty. We can get another one and another one. Do you understand that they can get rid of them? They can get rid of the Yemenites. They can get, they're actually, they're discussed by Arabs. They only have a shared interest, and that's, of course, their 
diabolic ideology to destroy Israel. But Iran is interested in letting others die and not its own. Others fight and not their own. And they don't want to bring the war into Iran. They want to keep the war away from Iran. And for that, they built all of their uh, proxies. In Lebanon, Israel already dropped leaflets on uh, houses in Lebanon, warning them not to get into this idea, not to have an idea of, of not to dare to participate in the war against us because we will uh, destroy Lebanon, basically. Israel is dropping leaflets in Syria, in Lebanon, in Gaza. We're warning people, don't, don't do that. We didn't do anything to the Lebanese. We didn't do anything to the Syrians or to the Yemenites. Look at the distance between Yemen and Israel. So why do you start a war against us? We're warning you. Now, that's as far as Lebanon. We have daily exchange of fire, but again, it's in low intensity, and it seems like both sides know that we can manage that. Israel is interested in focusing on Gaza right now. But it should Nasrallah start a war on Friday because he wants to prove that he is keeping his word and he is not allowing Gaza to, although I doubt it, if he will do that, that will be a fatal mistake. Now, we also have Jordan on the other side. Jordan is in peace with Israel. We have fractions with them. The Jordanian queen, which is Palestinian, in, in an interview with Christiane Amanpour, she, she doubted if the October 7th events really happened. I mean, how dare she? But uh, the Jordanians are more afraid of something else. They're more afraid of rockets coming from other places. And therefore, Jordan asked America to deploy Patriot missile batteries in Jordan. I think we have it, you know, it says here, the Jordanian asked that for that deployment. I don't know if, if we can put it there. There you go. Now, how about Saudi Arabia, ladies and gentlemen? First of all, you need to understand, it's very likely that Iran is now interested in this conflict because they wanted to derail the looming Israeli-Saudi agreement. Of course, this is also an interest of Russia, that there will be no alternative energy pipe from India, from Israel, all the way to Europe, which will then make the Russian one redundant. And therefore, we know that Iran and Russia have both interests in preventing any agreement between the Saudis and the Israelis. But guess what? Israel and the Saudis share a common enemy, not only Iran, but take a look at what happened in Saudi Arabia. The Saudi army has been on high alert in recent days following armed clashes with the Houthis in Yemen that resulted in the death of four Saudi soldiers last week. So lo and behold, you can clearly see that the Saudis actually want Israel to take care of the Houthis as well. And uh, so what I'm trying to say is that I'm not sure it's working for he Iran. And 
biblically, if you know the prophecy of Ezekiel, Saudi Arabia will not join a war against us, but will protest the war against us. Now, if Iran and Russia and, of course, the Palestinians thought that they can shake the Abraham Accords, it didn't work. Look what the United Arab Emirates said. This is the Mr. Dr. Ali Rashid Al-Nuaymi, the chairman of the Defense, Interior and Foreign Affairs Committee at the UAE Federal National Council. He said that the Abraham Accords are our future. He said they are here to stay. And if that's not enough. The um, Bahraini foreign minister said exactly the same thing. It is our common interest to keep the Abraham Accords working. So the Arabs understand the collaboration with Israel is very important and strategic for them. Let me see if we are, I mean, we, we still have, excuse me. Mm. This is not going to happen when I have Connect uh, in a few months. Okay, now, the let's talk about the USA, okay? Let's talk about the USA. There's two things about the US. There is the US bases that are here in the Middle East, and they are being attacked, not on a daily basis, almost on an hourly basis. By who? By Iranian militias, by those in Iraq and Syria. They are not only shooting rockets, but they're they're sending drones, suicide drones, and American soldiers are being injured. And I don't know if the American people are aware of that. So the U.S. is sending more and more reinforcement to the region, but the U.S. is being attacked in the Al-Shaddadi base in Syria, in Al-Amr, in Konoko base, there's a lot of uh, bases all around, and um, there's uh, also reports, as, as you can see, we, we talked about the fact that the U.S., uh, one of the U.S. warships actually intercepted um, the uh, Houthi missiles towards Israel. But within America, and that's an important thing for you to know, there is still a river of people crossing into America from the southern border. I don't know if I have the video here of what's going on in the southern border, but it's definitely on front. Take a look. That's from the last few days. Now, I can tell you one thing. This is from the last few days. And I can I can tell you folks that among them the FBI knows that there are terrorists. In fact, the FBI just the FBI just in one of the hearings in the Congress, uh, the head of the FBI said that they're afraid of terrorists that will be inspired by what Hamas has done in Israel on October 7th. Let me be very clear. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm telling you what the FBI is telling the American people, that there is a growing danger 
that among those that are in, have infiltrated into America from the South, there are a lot of terrorists. And among them, there might be people who might be inspired by Hamas to do exactly the same thing to American people. Make no mistake, they will do it if they will find the right moment and the right uh, opportunity. I am saying that not because I want to scare anyone. I'm saying that because the writing is on the wall. And it's not only in America. It's also in Europe. And we see in Europe stuff that uh, caused the, a lot of Europeans not to sleep well at night. And also in America, the, take a look at what's going on with your campuses and your universities. You have Nazis in your universities in America. Take a look at the this video from Harvard University. From Every time I see those signs, you know what I do? I rip them down. You rip them down? I do. I, all those say signs name? that y'all post up, guess what I do? Rip them, spit on them. Oh, you don't care about innocent hostages taken by murder and rapists? What about all those Palestinian babies? I care about those Palestinian babies that are being murdered by Hamas and jihad, Islamic Jihad hands. I do care about them. You don't. Really. I love Hamas. I think Hamas. Oh, you is love a terrorist Israel organization. Interesting. Harvard Square, everyone. I think Hamas should blow the fuck Square. out of Israel. I think they're all dirty animals. That's and not anti-Semitism. That's not anti-Semitism. For real, they should be all exterminated. Thank you. Every single one of them, and all their right. kids, their mothers, their children, everybody. Just like Thank you for proving our save, point. Have a lovely night. You know, Racist in Harvard. Harvard University. He wants all Jews killed. Their mothers, their fathers, their babies. He's worshipping Hamas. He's admiring Hamas. He thinks all Jews must be killed. That's not the only one. You see in social media, all over, the, you see the same stuff. I don't know if you see posts on social media that uh, and some students have been arrested also, but take a look at this collage of uh, social media posts that we have. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. I mean, there is a collage of social media posts from Harvard, from um, Cornell University. From Cornell University, mine is slide 60. I don't know if you can, if you have it there, but we are talking about direct order direct look at this here it is cornell university police patrols have been increased in campus after flood of threats against jewish students on its internal communication platforms and i'm talking about eliminate jewish living from cornell campus the Jewish house on Cornell is yet another literal and symbolic form of apartheid jewish people need to be killed going to shoot up 104 ways. I mean, stuff like that. This is Cornell University. And if that's not enough, you see people marching in the street. Look at this uh, lady who works for Vogue magazine. Look at what she's having in her mouth. Look at this. It says here, resist colonial power by any means necessary which means you can burn babies, you can behead toddlers, you can bake babies, any means necessary. That's what you need to do. These are, you would think they're normative people from all walks of society within 
America, but that's what we have today. Celebrities that are equating Israel to Nazi Germany. I mean, un unbelievable stuff. They call the good evil and the evil good, the darkness, light and light darkness. It's unbelievable. And it's not only in America. Take a look at what's going on in Europe. Look at this cartoon of Europe. And it's very telling, I would say. Take a look at what Europe looks like. What is added to the stars of the European flag. There you go. They're adding the crescent. And Ayn Rand said, you can avoid reality, but you cannot avoid the consequences of avoiding reality. And this is exactly what is happening in Europe. They're marching in European. First of all, take a look at Vienna. In Vienna, a Jewish cemetery, as of this morning, swastikas. Okay. And by the way, make no mistake, Austria is one of the closer friends uh, to Israel in this whole thing. Uh, take a look at what happened in Poland, in Warsaw, uh, a few days ago. They had a march in the streets in Warsaw, and one student, and she happened to be from uh, Norway, she's a medical student, look at the sign she held in her hand. The medical student in Poland, look at her in Warsaw, in Poland, and look at the sign she was holding in her hand. It's slide 67. I don't know if you can see it. Again, the, the okay, that's one. That's not her, but that's another one. It's almost the same sign. This is Mehak Qureshi, a, a, a designer in London. And look what she said. Please keep the world clean. And of course, Jews have to go to the garbage. But there is another one in Poland. Of course, she was suspended. Uh, this, um, uh, yes, here she is. She's even proudly interviewed to Nexta TV. And look what she says. Keep the world clean. Jews in the garbage. And she's a medical student and she was suspended from her university. What's going on in Europe is unbelievable. And we'll talk about it very soon when we talk about the horrific anti-Semitism over there. What about Turkey? A lot of us are interested in Turkey because, hey, uh, Turkey is mentioned in Ezekiel and are we in the Ezekiel 38 war? So first of all, Turkey is an ally of Israel on the paper. We have great trade uh, relationship and even military one. But Erdogan, who really needed our help in the last uh, few months, of course, uh, changed himself in light of what's going on in Gaza. And he actually said that Israel is, Hamas is not a terrorist organization at all. He never condemned anything they did on October 7th. He showed up to a rally with this scarf with the Palestinian flag on one side and Turkey on another. Look at the crowd on that Turkish day, uh, national day, where he spoke very, with Look, now, for the most part, you see Turkish flags, because it was their national day. But he used the national day to have a speech where he literally spoke like the greatest anti-Semite. Now, 
that as far as Turkey is concerned. Also, I want you to know that two American B-1 landed in Turkey's Interlik Air Base in preparation for deployment closer to this area. So Turkey, don't forget, is a NATO member. It's a very interesting thing. He, he's in bed with Russia. He's, he hates Israel. He's a member of NATO. He has American bases with some nuclear warheads in them. Very interesting thing. Now let me talk about what's going on with the Jewish people around the world. There's a lot of liberal progressive Jews that lives in the United States, among them many celebrities. They walk up to the reality that being liberal and progressive, being surrounded by liberals and progressives is not enough if you're a Jew and it's time to hate the Jews. They woke up to understand that all their friends in the academia, in their entertainment, are abandoning them. They woke up to understand that all the students that they used to be uh, friends with, all the professors they used to be friends with, are now hating them just because they're Jews. Because it's time to hate the Jews. Because Jews are the problem of the world. You, you see the not only in Israel, but also around the world, the, the, a sobering up moment for all the liberals. They understand that what we see here, those Hamas terrorists, when they entered the kibbutzes and the villages, I want you to know, they killed mostly families that are very pro-Palestinian in their political views. They killed families that were into peace with Palestinians. They killed families that used to help Palestinian kids getting medical help out of Gaza in Israeli hospitals. Peace activists, all of them lived in those kibbutzim. That's the people they killed. Why? Because they are Jews. It doesn't matter if you're liberal, if you're pro-Palestinian, if you love the Palestinians, if you want peace, if you want justice, if you're a Jew, we need to kill you. And all of them are dead right now. And so the left in Israel woke up to the reality that it, we don't have any partner on the other side. And make no mistake, people try to tell us, oh, that's just the Hamas, not the Palestinian people. Let me tell you something. The Palestinian people held elections and voted for Hamas. And if you think that the Palestinians in Judea and Samaria are different, the reason why Mahmoud Abbas, the president, of the PA is not holding elections for more than a decade is because he knows Hamas will win. They're all Hamas sympathizers. Sympathizers. If they could, they would have done the same thing. These are all either Nazis or Nazi collaborators, supporters. They want to kill us. And now, finally, it registered in the minds of the leftists that there is no way we can trust them to run territory that is so close to us. So this is where we are right now, a sobering up moment. And I see two things that are happening. By the way, Jews all around the world are now going through some very dark times. In, in I don't know if we have photos here, but in, in Paris, in the 12th district of Paris, they are marking Jewish homes with stars of David. Marking Jewish homes. In, in, in Berlin, they mark Jewish homes. 
in, in, in also in, in London, they mark Jewish homes. But look at this woman uh, in, in Paris and how she's in tears. And she's trying to explain that what she's going through right now is stuff that used to be in Europe in the 1930s. I don't know if we, if, if we have it the, the, in the Jewish thing. If we don't, you can go to my Telegram channel and see it for yourself. Look at the rise in anti-Semitism in different parts of the world. It's phenomenal. In, in the UK alone, we, we're talking about a 1,350% rise. I mean, as a Jew wearing a yarmulke, you cannot walk in the streets of London right now. In fact, the cops in London are taking off the posters with the kidnapped Israeli children because they're afraid that will cause an uproar. Even in France, we found them. Even in Germany, we found the cops doing that, fearing of the Muslim reaction in that area. Anti-Semitism in Germany, in Austria, in the UK, anti-Semitism in Russia. Oops. This is in Moscow. Look at this. Marking Jewish people. We're back in the 1930s. And all of these Jews in France and in, in Britain and in Germany and in Austria and probably even in Russia, they understand we are not safe. In fact, a few days ago in Dagestan, a republic in the southern part of Russia, in the northern part of the Caucasus, right by the Caspian Sea, a, a, a telegram channel uh, said to the incited Muslims there that a, a plane from Tel Aviv is about to land in Khachamkalim. Look, look at them. Allah Akbar, they stormed into the terminal and into the tarmac. Look at them running towards the plane to catch Jewish people. They want Jewish people. Look, they came to the plane. They were looking in the plane. That's looking for Jews. And then the rumor was that the Jews are in a hotel. They went to a hotel called Flamingo. They searched room by room for Jewish people so they can lynch and kill them. The hotel was so, first of all, they didn't find any Jew. They, they were so scared that the owner put a sign, entrance is not allowed for Jews. Look, this is 2023, October of 2023. Now it's November. And, and, and it happened. They wanted Jews. They don't have a clue why. Let's kill them. Eventually, the four Israelis that were on that flight were airlifted in military helicopters to Moscow. It was a military operation to get them out of there. Crazy stuff. And is the world condemning? No. Is somebody saying anything? No. It's Jewish people. Let's kill them. Very cheap blood. We can do that. Unbelievable. See, this is a dark, demonic cloud that is all over the world right now. And standing by Israel right now takes a toll. It's, there's a price that people need to pay. You're going to be attacked, ridiculed, maybe even violently attacked, certainly shamed on social media because they brainwash those people. And 
I see a lot of good Christians that suddenly are, oh, look what you're doing in Gaza. I said, what am I doing in Gaza? I'm telling the Gazans to leave because I'm about to get Nazi terrorists who just murdered, slaughtered, beheaded, and burned alive 1,400 people. 1,400 people in proportion to the Israeli uh, population is, is almost eight times 9-11. Would any country, would America, let go of 50,000 casualties? Not just died instantly within a few seconds in a plane crash. That were tortured, burned alive, beheaded, cut to pieces. We're not going to let go. We're going to get them. They started the war. We are going to finish it. And the Gazans are not suffering because of us. We have 240 abducted Israelis. Some of them are babies, toddlers, women, old people, Holocaust survivors, held in, in, in tunnels under the ground right now for, for the fourth week already. Nobody talks about it. Wait a minute. One day, somebody walks into my country, rapes, kills, behead, destroy, and kidnap 240 people. I'm supposed to do nothing? And yes, civilian population in Gaza is suffering, not because of us, because of their leadership. If their leadership will surrender, if the abducted people will be released, that wouldn't have happened. But it's happening because Hamas could care less about the people. And so if you need to point a finger at anyone, it's at Hamas. What country in the world would even let the civilians know that they need to leave their homes? Trust me, I know how World War II ended. I know exactly how the Nazis were destroyed. Nobody told the people of Dresden, hey, leave your homes. Dresden was destroyed. Nobody told the people of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, leave your home, we're about to do something. The bombs were dropped and the, and the war ended. So with all the respect, the number of casualties among the Palestinians could have been 100 times more if we intended to kill civilians. But we're telling them to leave. We're, we're showing them where to leave. We're allowing humanitarian aid to come through the Rafah crossing. Because we don't want to kill the uninvolved and civilians, but there are casualties because of Hamas. That's the address to the, the whole thing that is going on right now. And I will conclude. I'm not going to conclude because I'm, I'm going to just tell you this. And it's very important that you understand this. It's diabolic by nature. It's demonic. It's satanic. And it's something that you cannot understand unless you put your spiritual glasses and unless you understand that it is the same spirit of pharaoh the same spirit of the amalekites it's the same spirit <clears throat> of the babylon it's a, it's a spirit of let's kill them annihilate them destroy them and this is why many times people this is why many times people mistakenly think that Psalm 83 is what is going on right now. Psalm 83, let me make it very clear. Psalm 83 is two things. It's a spirit and it's also a description of, of, of a war. 
the spirit of let us kill them is the spirit of ever since we were there. It's the whole description. It goes back to the time we became a nation. But the description is of wars that already happened because it mentions Egypt and it mentioned Jordan and it doesn't mention Yemen. Uh, so it doesn't mention Turkey or everything. So it, it fits to what we had in 1948, what we had in 1967. Right now, Israel is not fighting Lebanon or Yemen. We're fighting the Houthis and the Hezbollah. We're fighting Hamas. We're, we're not fighting a country. We're fighting proxies of Iran. That's where we are. That's why that psalm is not what we see now. Not every time that Israel is attacked from around, this is it. You have to look at what the psalm is mentioning and then ask yourself, are these the exact things that are described in the psalm? And it's not. I believe that if anything, and I've said that before, we're getting closer and closer to the Ezekiel war because we can clearly see that Israel and Russia are no longer friends. Israel and Turkey are no longer friends. Israel and Iran are definitely not friends. And you can clearly see that the Saudis are on our side, Emiratis and Bahrainis on our side, Sheba and Didan, the Europe, West European countries and America is on our side. And definitely this is the map of the Ezekiel war. Now, why is it that Ezekiel war is not yet happening? Because in the Ezekiel description in chapter 38, no countries are helping Israel. At the moment, America is here. You have American troops on the ground. You have American carriers in the sea and American fighter jets uh, in the skies. So I would say, and still Damascus is standing. So we're not there yet, but we're definitely getting closer and closer. In the meantime, we have to remember, God is in control. He's the keeper of Israel. Israel is not going anywhere. He brought us back here not to uproot us once again. I have no doubt that we will be victorious. But I want to remind you, this is not the end of the anti-Israel campaign. We might be victorious, then we'll have the Ezekiel War. Then we might be victorious, and then the Antichrist will rise. And after three and a half years, he will persecute us as the great tribulation and Jacob's trouble. Only when the Prince of Peace will have his feet standing on Mount of Olives and his people will look at him whom they pierce and they will acknowledge him, repent and accept him. Because he said, I will not come back again, Jerusalem, until you say, Baruch blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So our prayer is that more and more Israelis will understand their who their Messiah is, so they will not have to go through all the future persecution. But even throughout the, the future persecution, God will always keep that remnant for himself. And then, as Romans 11 says, all Israel will be saved. Keep praying for the people of Israel. Keep praying for the nation. Keep praying for the leaders. And keep praying for a swift victory and for the enemy to be scattered. Thank you for uh, for all of this. I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing for some technical problems. This is when you have an improvised studio in your own house uh, using a camera that you normally don't use. Um, but uh, again, we are going to have a studio, God willing, 
in a few months, not far from here, and it will be much better. Thank you again. Let me pray the ironic blessing upon you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord make the Lord lift up his countenance toward you and give you his peace. Shem Yeshua. Amen. God bless you. Shalom. And join the Telegram channel. It's the only way to stay updated with everything that goes on. Thank you. God bless you and shalom.